All right, well, welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B Podcast. This week we're talking about 2003. And guys, as I was reviewing my notes, a lot of interesting things that happened this week. Um, but Tom, can we start off first with your story? You went to the doctors and you were listening to current R&B. This is probably the last <laughs> time we'll ever talk about current R&B because there's a lot of good stuff in 2003. But please, what yeah. happened? Real quick, before we get started, for anyone who's listening to the audio of this and not listening live um, on any of the various streaming platforms, make sure you check us out live if you're able to on Instagram or on YouTube and Facebook live now. So that's why you might hear us you know, going back and forth with some of our listeners who are tuning in live. So make sure you join in on the conversation. It's usually every Saturday night, so we'll look out for the flyer. But, yeah, guys, I was in the doctor's office. My son, thankfully, he's okay, but it was a little bit of a scare. And they had on some current vibe R&B music, and I'm not really into that style of music. And let me just say, it worked perfectly for a doctor's office waiting room, guys. It just <laughs> set the mood. You know, it kind of calmed you down. Any other place to hear that type of music? Nah, I can't do it. I told y'all before, there are a lot of albums that out here that y'all are calling album of the year that is straight up elevating you. <laughs> I will let you fill in the blanks there. Well, we're not here to talk about current music. I mean, we could if you wanted to talk about Trey's album for the next hour, but we're not doing that. We're here to talk about 2003. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we even get started, guys, um, can I make a statement here? You can. Um, I, you... I guess. Well... If you guys have been catching up with the news recently, my favorite group, Pretty Ricky, they're kind of in trouble right now, or at least one of the members is. So, oh, yes, no. they are. So it's kind of hard for me to represent them right now, so I'd like to change my favorite group to a group that came out in 2003 that's also from Florida. Um, hold on, thinking, thinking. Who would that be? Smiles and Self Star. Oh my god. We're gonna go with that guys. Tom, hold, get him out of here. Get, it is too early. Get him out. <laughs> on the more serious note, where was everyone at in two thousand three, guys? Let us know in the in the comments and you guys here on the podcast. Where were you guys at? Well, first of all, I wasn't listening to Smiles and actually I was probably listening to Smiles and Style Star because they were, it was funny. <laughs> but my God, Kyle, calm down. Right. Anyway, 2003, <laughs> I mentioned before, like, I moved to Louisville in 2001, so I had only been there a couple years. 2003, I was still kind of, like, getting used to being out on my own, new city, all that type of stuff. And, actually, this was the year where my soon-to-be wife, well, future wife, Wendy soon-to-be, this is when we became an official couple. So a lot of the songs we'll be discussing today are songs that remind me of summer 2003. It was a summer of love, player. <laughs> and that's when it became official. Nice. Amazing. Um, in 2003, I was like 13 at the time. And for me, this was a significant year because I think this was the first year that BET was broadcast in Canada. Someone really? Might, someone mm. might want to do their Wikipedia research on this, but I remember... Because when BET came on that year, I watched it. I watched everything. Uh, what was was it BET Uncut? Is that the one where Nelly had tipped her on? No, it was Uncut. Uh, Why were you watching Uncut? You were too young for Uncut. <laughs> I was I was channel surfing. It just showed up. I was watching. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> uh, channel one, surfing at 3 a.m.? 106 in Park. I was watching that. AJ and Free. That was like them at their peak. Enjoyed yep. that. So 2003, man, I was just enamored by all that was wow. going on on BET. 
Guys, I was actually still listening to hip-hop, believe it or not. In 2003, I was still in college. 2003, we had Fabulous with an album. We had Jay-Z, mm-hmm. DMX. We had Dipset. I mean, New York was on fire in hip-hop this year. The South eventually stole it from us, took over <laughs> hip-hop in the years to come, Ed. I blame you guys for that, but <laughs> this was a well, great year Well, I blame for y'all too. for a lot. But I do remember the reign of Dipset, my uh, biggest guilty pleasure. Everybody walking around wearing pink. What can I say? Mm. I never claimed G-Unit, though, just to set the record straight. I mean, I hated G-Unit, but that's a whole other story. We're that's, talking R&B here. <laughs> we'll get on that another time. G-Unit had its ups and downs. I hated that Massacre album, and y'all still mad at my 50-cent rankings, but we'll get to that later. Go to soulandserial.com and yell at me in the comments like everybody else. All right, well, let me ask you guys this. When we're talking about hip-hop in 2003, were either of you shaking your tail feather? Absolutely oh. not. I'm a grown man. I'm not I'm ash- some kind of bird person. I'm ashamed to say I thought that song was fire back then until oh. I really until I was able to refine my ear mm. and, and learn what is good and bad. But hey, this was a young time. I wasn't a, a music journalist or any type of expert on music yet. I was still learning my way, guys. I was what, twenty, nineteen? Mm. Yep. You should. We need to do better. The second that beat dropped, I was out of there. I could not <laughs> stand that beat. And Murphy <laughs> Lee? Oh. Come on. We talked about too much Nelly today. We love the St. Lunatics. Okay, let's talk about 2003 R&B now. Um, guys, as I was looking back at this year, I didn't I didn't want to mention him, but it's gonna, it's kind of hard to talk about 2003 without mentioning the man that we're not allowed to talk about, not only from the album itself, The Chocolate Factory, so all of those features that he had for Marcus Houston, who we'll talk about later, um, mm-hmm. the Isley Brothers, Ed, I know you love that busted song, to, to JS <laughs> with the ice cream song. Uh, I think Ignition was on this album as well, the remix at least. Yep. Ed, can we talk about this guy? <sighs> let, me, let me lay the groundwork because I know it's a touchy subject. So here are my thoughts on the Voldemort of R&B. This podcast for 2003, we're looking at it in a historic spectrum. We're not talking about allegations, whether somebody's guilty, whether somebody's innocent, although that person even had a song about that. So, <laughs> But the point is, we're looking at this from a historical spe- perspective, and you can't really look at this objectively and leave that out. Whether you want to mute or cancel or do whatever, that's your choice. But for me, I feel like it has to be mentioned. And that does not mean that we are condoning anything. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. So, we talking. At least I am. Uh, <coughs> I mean, I'm still trying to figure out 17 years <coughs> later why he was wearing a mask. <laughs> well, Tom... Before you even get to that, see what happens when we talk about him? Ed just starts coughing. Ed just starts <laughs> vomiting almost over there. I mean, it's just, yeah. yeah. Let's, but yes, let's, the mask, <laughs> the Pied Piper mask. Can we talk I about the I, that? Was, no, we, that was epic. <coughs> I mean, I never thought it was epic. I just had no idea what was going on at the time. So And then, and then Tom, the Marcus Houston song, Clubbing, where he was like yelling. That weird well, sound that he does? Well, well, that weird sound, I mean, it didn't really add anything to the song, if you think about it. And, like, what what did the Pied Piper... <laughs> let us know in the comments, like, what did the whole Pied Piper thing even mean? Lawrence, let us know. I see your comment. I, I didn't 
get it. Was it an act? Was it a <coughs> gimmick? I, I haven't uh, thought I'm about that see. in probably 15 years, but you brought it up, so mm. let's just move on. If I remember right. Yeah. <coughs> My, uh. He, Ed is still dying. Ed, yes, <laughs> I don't think, I think Jesus does not want me to talk about this. So anyway, if I remember right, this was his persona t- because he was leading so many people into R&B. What? You know the Pied Piper led kids around, right? Oh, the beginning of the end. Oh, gee. That's all I'm saying. Y'all do it with, right, do move, with that move, with you will. Move okay. on, move okay, on. Okay, well, let's just move on. Ed, you think the Chocolate Factory is a good album? True or false? To me, I think it's his best album. Okay. People will debate wow. that. They'll say TP2. They'll say 12 Play. I think it's his best. Fair. All right. All right. His most complete by far. So we'll talk about something uh, a little less controversial. Alicia Keys' second album. <coughs> I know you guys go back and forth on this mm. one, on it being Alicia Keys' best album. Uh, some might argue it's her second. Tom, what's your stance on this one? Or even before we get to that, talk about the hype going into this album for you, because I know you love the debut. Shout out to Donnell Jones in the house who just checked in real quick. Legend right there. Someone we support heavily. <coughs> as far as Alicia Keys, I was hyped on this album because I loved her debut. And then I'm not going to say I was disappointed by the Diary of Alicia Keys. I mean, she had some huge singles. You don't know my name. I love Diary. And there were some great songs, even album cuts on here. Yep. I don't think it's her second best album. Ed would disagree. I don't think it's a classic I think it's a very strong album. Um, <clears throat> it really helped further solidify her legacy because she has some really standout songs. No doubt, it was one of the best albums of the year. But you know, but I know me and Ed go back and forth on this. Ed, you want to chime in? I'll chime in if my voice holds up. I don't know what's <laughs> going down. You mentioned R. Kelly, and like your voice, your tonsils get ripped out. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I have talked about this before. Shaquille Perry gets mad when I mention it, but it's real. I feel like this is Alicia's best album. I feel like it's the best album of the year, although it came out close to the end of the year, so it feels more like 2004 to me in a lot of places. Not only that, I also think it is the best album of the decade. Mm. When I ranked the albums of the decade, that was my number one. It's a five-star album to me, her Mm. best work by far. So, yes, I have a lot of love and a lot to say about this album. I know you two get kind of iffy about it, but when you thinking, when you like adding in the album cuts, which Tom mentioned are very strong, the yep. singles, many of which are actual classics, I will use the C word for some of those singles, as a body of work, you can't beat it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say this, and this might be controversial, I don't know, but uh, I would say Diary <laughs> by Alicia Keys is her best song to date. I love that song. Love that song. I would say that too. Shout out to Tony, Tony, Tony. Yep. Without Raphael yes, Sadiq. No uh, Raphael Sadiq though. If, if I Ain't Got You, obviously a huge song. You Don't Know yep. My Name, uh, the Kanye produced one, huge record as well. And Karma, I know a lot of people look back at that song as a standout. I've actually seen her perform that live and she had like the strings in the back. It's actually really cool to see. I if I Ain't liked- Got You and... Um, and the Kanye joint, I will call both of those classic songs. I would, for that era. Let me throw out there the album cuts. I really like Slow Down. Ed, do you remember that yep. one off the top of your head? There's Love a song. It. The last song, I think it's called Nobody Not Really. Really like that mm-hmm. song. And then there was this unreleased joint called Streets in New York with Nas and Rakim that came out. I believe it was around this album, which I really, actually really liked. 
I totally forgot about that song. I remember that track. Yeah, remember Look that? T- Tom is on it with the hip-hop references <laughs> today. I totally forgot about that track. This one, I mean, I told you, it was in the New York hip-hop. That was an anthem. Yeah. You know, she sampled, you know, hip-hop on that one, and that was a great song. Mm-hmm. It was. I got to go back and dig that up. <laughs> The only thing I'll but y'all say- approve of my point. Best album to me of the decade. Mm, wow. Um, the only thing I'll say about that album is that heartburn. I got to go back to the credits because that did not sound like a Timbaland. No, no, it didn't. I know she yells Timbo in the song, but we gotta we gotta figure out what was going on there. That was not Timbaland. <laughs> what, you know, you know why me and Kyle hold something against this album? Because What's you don't, you don't know my name. That beat was originally for Playa. That yes, Kanye I, beat was for player, so we got to hold was, it against it. <laughs> it was, but I can't hold that against her. The track <laughs> is incredible, and the album is incredible. I like the concept of that song, too. I mean, that was cool. I thought it was, you know, with the video, you know, we the might, whole thing. We might need to get you guys to reenact the phone call. <laughs> oh, no. But, I mean, story, it's storytelling. How much do I, I often come up here and talk about making sure that your album tells stories and that your songs tell stories? And I'm a writer, so that appeals to me. But I love a song that has a story, that has a theme, that has you can feel what she's saying because you can actually envision this storyline that's going on. That is what heartfelt R&B is all about. I'm missing that in today's music. You putting out this music that's putting Tom asleep in the freaking <laughs> doctor's office. Give me some structure here. Hold on real quick. A couple of shout outs. Shout out to Nicolette Carney in the house. Philip Winslow. Of course, our boy Shaquille Perry. I see our guy Theo Sullivan Brandon in the house. Yes, sampled New York State of Mind. Shout out to our, our girl JoJo2008. We will be discussing Joe at some point in this podcast, so stay tuned. Mm-hmm. I appreciate everyone who's tuned in right now. Yep. Um, now, let's talk about some of the mails that came out this year. I've got the list here. Uh, some actually, some very solid releases here. Um, I definitely want to get into Anthony Hamilton because that was mm. an amazing album. Yes, Music please. Soul Child came out. Genuine, Oof. Brian McKnight, Avant, Joe, Gerald Levert. I mean, just so many great names. Um, let's talk about Anthony Hamilton first because a lot of people don't know. He actually dropped his debut album in the 90s, but this is the one that really, really turned him into a huge, not only a star, but I would say like, People went to Anthony Hamilton for a certain type of music. It was therapeutic. It was soulful. Like, just talk about Anthony Hamilton in 2003, guys. Play. What did I just say a second ago about songs that tell stories and music that fuels emotion? You go listen to that album that my man Anthony put out from the beginning. Like the first track, he's talking about like his upbringing, and you can just envision. You can smell the the cornbread and collard greens that he's talking about. Then he's got the song Lord Charlene. You just <laughs> I don't know who Charlene is, but I want them to get back together. <laughs> he is so sad. And then he's got the song I'm a Mess, where he sounds like he's just having a come apart on track. Like that emotion, you do not hear that emotion today, and it yeah. drives me nuts. There is so much passion in every bit of that he every note that he just shared. He just bared his soul with his album. I absolutely love it. And today, I still think it stands as one of the most underrated releases in the past 20 years. It is incredible. I agree. Shout out to Tar Heels fan. I'll tell you what I, what I remember about this album. I was, I could only listen to this album when I was in a place where I was just kind of down and low. Because mm. if I was happy and, and feeling good, 
this place would it would take this project would take me down there. Unfortunately, nope. wow. it was it was kind of. <laughs> Oof. And that's how I felt about Anthony Hamilton on his first couple albums. I love Anthony Hamilton. You know, someone I consider a legend has made some great albums, but man, you got to be in a certain mood to listen to this album, guys. Charlene will, whew, you'll feel that pain, guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, another album that came out, Music Soul Child's Soul Star album. Tom, I see online, some people love this album, but there's a lot of people that just didn't get this album because of the production. Damn, who are those people? I want them. I want to address them immediately. Where are they? <laughs> Calm down. It was this, different, th- though, right? This is my second favorite Music Soul Child album. I think it's the second best because, once again, like like I said, he took it to another level. Mm-hmm. You know, loving music, he took it more of a traditional R&B sound, but this one I felt like he took it to a sound that was just unique. I mean, Womanopoly, you've never heard a song like that. You know, the intro Soul Star. I mean, Who Knows was a, was a big hit great song and there's like ed i don't know where you rank this one if you've ranked music's discography but i really felt like i was anticipating this one and it kind of you know outpaced the second one for me i've ranked them and i can't remember exactly where it was placed but i get why people are kind of torn on it because it doesn't sound like especially his previous album yes, so i get yes. why people are kind of like uh where are you going with this one yeah. i enjoy it though i mean well the thing is there's no bad music album so i can't say oh it's trash cuz that doesn't exist however i get why people are a little iffy about it i think it's fun i love Woman monopoly it's one of its best songs i cannot believe to this day we didn't get a video for that mm-hmm. but it was a shift in direction but it wasn't one. Sometimes I want artists to take risks, and this was a risk that I felt like paid off. So I liked it. I appreciate the album. Yeah. Uh, Brian McKnight, Avant, and Joe, both, they all dropped solid albums that year. And Genuine, I want to bring this album up because this is another one I've seen online where a lot of people love this album, but then there's a lot of people that don't like this album. And mm. like for me, I remember listening to it when it came out, and it almost seemed too gimmicky at the time. You had songs like Hell Yeah in those jeans and then the sex record and i know you remember that one um but when i look back at it now and shout out to derek dunn if you listen to this because he's really been pushing me to go back and listen um i'm gonna have to go back and listen to this one and 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 see if i love it more than i did before because like i love stingy that's like one of the best soundtrack records of all time and that was on this album but man i gotta go back what did you guys think of that album Uh, it was okay I was not a fan of the singles. I didn't really like them that much. Even, well, I guess, I don't know if Stingy counted as a single. That never got a video. But it did get radio play. At least in Louisville it did. But, um, eh, not the biggest yeah. fan of this one, player. It's not It's not his worst album. It's probably, I think I ranked it kind of in the middle when I ranked his discography. But it doesn't do much for me. And it was the first project that came out where I was not really excited about anything that we heard until I dug into the project and listened to the album cuts. Usually Genuine is good for at least one great single. I don't mm. remember us getting one off of this one. Listen, I, I can never fault this album because I had In Those Jeans, Stingy, and Love You More back to back to back, which I thought were great songs. But overall, Ed, I disagree. I think this is the worst album. Mm. And this is coming from mm. a place of I love Genuine, I'm a big fan. you got to have one album that's your worst. I think this is his worst. Songs like lockdown the movie which was like some type of weird skit you had mike tyson giving an intro which i never really understood a song called cheddar brings i mean it was just kind of 
all over the place, and I never really it thought was. it was that great. Hell Yeah was a huge song, especially the remix. I remember here in New York. With the clips, yeah. Yeah, but the R. Kelly version, too, yeah. Yeah. But I never, I mean, I thought that overshadowed kind of the rest of the album, because, like, Stingy and Love You More is, like, two yep. five-star songs on a scale of one to five. Mm-hmm. So, yep. but, yeah, they, just yeah, you not. Can't, you, you can't win them all. You can't win them all. You can't? I mean, yeah. yeah. You, can, you can't. No, you can't. Uh, Kyle, can I talk about the Avon album, though? Yes, you can. Now, the Avon album, um, Private Room, I feel like that's that pushes his debut as far as, you know, maybe his best album. I would go really either one of those. I love this album, man. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I remember copping the album, but it was all right. Take it that's a listen. discography I need to rank, so take I can't it, really yeah. say for sure. L- Certainly listen, not bad, though. I didn't love his second album. I loved his debut. I didn't love his second album, Ecstasy. And then when this came out, I was like all in again on being a Levant fan. Was and this, this was the, young... Hmm? Was this the one with Don't Take Your Love Away? Yeah, this oh, was. Okay. Okay, but yeah. the intro, the song AV, which was not even a single, Read Your Mind, Heaven, which was not a single, Don't mm-hmm. Take Your Love Away. There was a duet with Olivia called mm. Seems to Be, which I really liked. Yep, it was I a song remember. called Everything About You, which wasn't even a single, and I really liked. That's a good one. So there's some good stuff on here. Yep, it's back there somewhere, and I wore that out in 2003. Yeah. But I don't remember loving it. I'll, I think that's one that I think I need to go back and redo real soon. So Hold look for on. that Avant album ranking soon. Hold I on, we got a comment in our, uh, in our Instagram. I never heard an Avant album. You need to do oh. some homework. <laughs> Today is your one, lucky day. <laughs> yeah, one of the, you need to do some homework. Take a listen. Come back next week. Let us know what you figured out. Yep. Uh, the females. I'm going to name a couple of females that dropped some albums this year. Erica Badu, Monica, Maya, Little Mo. Man, that Little Mo album was so good. Uh, Kelly, oh, yes. Kelly Price. No. Kalise. Mary J. Blige. Mariah Carey. And Ashanti. Where do we well, start? Well, one of those is not <laughs> like the other. No, but let, let me start, guys. I love the Ashanti album. Let what? me say this. Wow. Let me give Good let me give God. some backstory. When Ashanti's please, debut please. came out, what was it 2002? I really yes. liked it, and I was hyped for Chapter Two, and it did not disappoint me one bit, guys. Wow, Ed, you Ed, you're just some hater, man. Break up to <laughs> make up. player. I found love tell in you my... Rain on Me, Rock with You. Where Where are you coming from? You just named the only songs that are listenable. You just missed the other 15 that are in oh, the trash. Let me tell no. you my chapter two story. Oh, so boy. I uh, look, I give Kyle a hard time about Ashanti, but I was an Ashanti fan, especially in 02. And remember, I just said in 03, this was the year that my wife and I started like officially dating. So she did not like Ashanti because she's like, this woman's not terrible. <laughs> but I remember on release day going to Target. Because this is what you used to do, kids. You didn't stay up till 12.01 and listen to it on streaming. Mm. You hit up Target to get that 9.99 sale on release day. I remember driving to Target because we were out somewhere. This wasn't even our usual Target. And she was with me. I copped the album. I threw it in. Well, the first couple of tracks, I think, were okay. By, but by, like, track four or five, I'm kind of like... And she's just sitting over in the corner like, what did you expect? What did you expect? Wow. And to this day, I have recently named on the cypher my most disappointing purchases. Not one of those albums you got from BMG for 99 cents. Not those joints from the club. 
Wow. The ones you actually spent money on. This, that 50 Cent album, and Kanye's 808s are my three most disappointing purchases that I have made with my cash money. I was so bored with this album. Wow. It is not good. Sounds like some bias. His his soon-to-be wife didn't like it, so he didn't even give it a chance, Kyle. Hey, oh, Matt, please. The wife is always right. <laughs> even if she's wrong, the wife is always right. That's, that's life oh, lessons. God. Kyle, uh, can, why do you love this album? Tom, Ed, we're, we're unbiased, I guess, journalists, right? Is that what we call ourselves? Yes, I do. I you. I don't know what you call yourself, Kyle. Just <laughs> well, a scientist. I'm claiming that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a unbiased journalist, and uh, this might uh-huh. be shocking to a lot of people, but I actually don't like this Ashanti album. What? This is my least favorite Ashanti album. Do you know the song? Finally. Do you know Finally the song? Some truth. Do you know the song? Feel so good. Do you know the song? Sweet baby. Do you know the song? Ooh ah. But I mean, are you listening to the same thing? Oh, but, then but, you're but going, are you hearing what you're saying? Too, the song Ooh ah. To be fair, guys, just because I don't like this album doesn't mean it was a bad album. I think I didn't like it because how were you supposed to follow up with the five-star debut? You can't. Oh, here we go. So, there are some good songs on here, but I just got to say it's not my favorite Ashanti album. Now, the Rock With You video, that is the greatest music video of all time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That elephant, I wish I was an elephant today. But can, we're, we're going to move on. Uh, can we, can move I just on. comment on the Maya album real quick? Because yes. I saw Mood some ring, comments yep. about it in our, in our Instagram. I actually was mixed on this album. I was really looking forward to it. You know, obviously, My Love is Like, Whoa was a huge single. Mm-hmm. Um, Fallen. Fallen. Fallen, Fallen yep. I loved. Fallen. I loved that song. The sample they used was, you know, perfectly flipped. But I didn't love this album. Ed, how did you feel about it? Yeah, I didn't love this album, and I and you know I'm a big Missy fan, but I did not like My Love Is Like Whoa that mm. much. Fallen was my joint, yep. and there were a few cuts up there that I appreciated, but overall it was just okay to me. It wasn't mm. bad, but it really didn't hit me like Fear of Flying, which I wore out back in 2000. It was nowhere near that level to me. Uh, speaking of fly up, uh, flying, Monica's After the Storm album. I know a lot of people love this album, but can we talk about the album cover? For all these years, I thought Monica was walking on water, or she was standing on water, but apparently the background is like a plane. Did you guys know this? A plane? I thought she's standing yes, on a beach. Like, <laughs> That's what I a, thought, too. No, if you look, it's supposed to be like a plane's wing on a runway. If Wait, you go back what? and look, you'll actually see it. Yeah, is, this some hidden, look at this. is this a riddle we didn't know about until now? A riddle? <laughs> no, it's just look at it. I'll, I would pull it down, but now what like, plane? That's like a cloud and some water. I'm looking at it right now. No, why it's, is there a wing behind her? Now that I'm looking. <laughs> well, that's the airplane. What do you why think it was? Who just poses in front of an airplane with some at sunset? I don't know what's going on in this cover it's now Monica. that you told me about. She it. just got off the plane. Hey, but the after al- the storm. <laughs> but the album is good. I really love this album. No, this is a great album. You've got So Gone, you got sh- you Should Have Known Better, Knock Knock, Underrated, and then some of those So Shocking Carlin album cuts. Can we talk about the song Hurts the Most? That is an amazing yes, song. Yes, we can. That's a fire song. I love that song. Great song. Yep, one of my favorite Monica releases. I think I think might put her debut as number one, but this one's very, very close behind. Now, Ed, I mean, if on the spot you can do the rap for So Gone, this is the So Gone Challenge, I will buy your next meal for you I actually I can but I won't because 
First of all, I don't trust you to buy my next meal. No. You're like, because I know you too well. But yes, I do know that rap. That's why when it was ridiculous the other day when she was like, why do people call me Gunica? I'm a nice lady. I'm like, did you listen to your rap for so gone? You yep. threatened a man on mm. wax. Yep. I even love the song, Get It Off with Ed's Boy Dirtbag. That song is good, My too. boy Dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dirtbag had two features and then disappeared. <laughs> And we've got the DMX record, too. That was a good one. That I'm going to quickly go through another, a couple of other ones here. Erica Badu. I mean, we got to talk about this album. Everyone loves this album. You know, now I will say, because you were like, oh, you're just convinced your wife just, like, brainwashed you. My wife loves this album. Oh, boy. This one was just okay to me. Like, I, I, love, I love Badu, but of all her albums, this might be my least favorite. I don't hate it, but it was just eh, to me. Why is it that, let me ask you guys a question, as a young fan listening to music, like I said, I was like 19 around the time this came out, all I knew from Erica Badu from the mainstream was Tyrone. Literally, that's all I had known about her. Mm -hmm. Why is that? I mean, I guess like like from a mainstream, from a mainstream perspective, like listening to radio, that's all I would hear ever about Erica Badu. They didn't play in NY. They didn't play like on and on and no. all her early hits because they wore no. that out in Virginia. No, absolutely not. Well, I found that now looking back, I find it strange. Yeah, no, it it got plenty of play where I was. Well, yeah, some artists or some hits are just like regional hits, but who knows? Maybe just New York was uh, too busy playing G Unit at the time. They were, actually, and it was a sad time. <laughs> it Trust happens. Me. Uh, I'm going to name Ugh. a couple more albums here. Little Mo, Kelly Price, and Khalees. Ed, I know they'll probably end up on your list at some point, but this Khalees you album, I, wa- I want to get into this one. Milkshake's on this album. Did you guys like Milkshake? Oh, see. See, see Milkshake kind of overshadowed this whole project. This album was actually yep. pretty good, but it was hard to take it seriously if you only heard that one song. The rest of the album doesn't really sound anything like it, right, Ed? Not at all. And I like milkshake, but boy, I got sick of milkshake. I was like, yes. please shake your milk elsewhere, lady. I heard it enough. <laughs> and then it became, I mean, it really became part of pop culture because then you got, like, people using it as an yeah. adjective. And, I mean, good for her because it really took off. But as a fan, I'm like, oh, I'm sick of it. But the album is pretty solid to yep. Tom's point. Yep. Um. Let's get into some groups that came out. Or actually, before we even get into the groups, Mariah Carey and Mary J. Blige, these were the albums that they put out before they made their massive comebacks, Charm Bracelet and mm. Love and Life. Uh, and I know the Mary album especially doesn't get a lot of love. The Mariah one, people have been calling for justice on this album. Does it deserve <laughs> justice, Ed? Hello, oh. player. No. And this is the part where you send your hate tweets to E.T. Bowser or your hate DMs to Edward Bowser here on IG. I did not realize that um, that album, first of all, Mariah fans, look, y'all want justice for everything. You want justice for glitter, yep. charm bracelet, whatever. And, well, you just want to throw it down forever. It charm bracelet's okay. Like, I don't think it was, I love Mariah, but she ain't bulletproof, y'all. I'm sorry. And charm <laughs> bracelet had its ups and downs. I appreciated a few tracks. Some stuff doesn't do it for me. And Mary, I didn't know that anybody liked the Mary album until recently on the Soul and Serial Cypher on Facebook. You can go join us there and talk hmm. about this that we do right now. And there were a lot of people defending that album. And I'm like, really? That is by far my least favorite Mary album. So these are two legends that put out projects that hardcore fans love, but 
eh, kind of lukewarm reception by everybody else. Shout out to Montrez Jones. He corrected us that this actually came out in 2002. December Kyle, 2002, yep. That kind of counts, but I'll, I'll comment on the, Mar- uh, the Mary J album. I didn't love it either. I felt like it was kind of a bit all over the place. Um, the song with 50 Cent I kind of liked, and the song with Met the Man I kind of liked. And there were some others like, oh, the song where she sampled... Um, Ed, what group did that sample? Intro. Yes, intro. Yeah, which I thought was a good flip. The, the, the first song, or one of the first songs, Don't Go, I liked. But overall, I thought it was kind of hit or miss. Um, and the Mariah... You touched on it pretty much, so I won't go into that one. And plus, that came out in 2002, so we'll talk about it again next yeah, week. Yeah, the old. <laughs> <laughs> um, some groups came out with albums this year as well in 2003. Jagged Edge, The Hard Album, 702, Star, 112's Hot and Wet. I'm surprised we're not dressed like 112 Hot and Wet today. Oh. Uh, and B2K. There's a reason why. Pandemonium, their final album here. Which album guys, stands out to you guys? Guys, let me let me make a confession right here. The most disappointed I've ever been in my life was when that 112 album came out because I was a 112 stan. As I've mentioned before, my, my screen name on AOL was Room 112, something like that. <laughs> when this album came out, and I feel comfortable saying this because we've talked to Mike. That's our guy. He admits they kind of lost their way on this one when they signed with Def Jam. Yep. And he, he understands that it wasn't their best work. But man, I, I just really wanted to like it because I was a huge 112 fan. I just, I just couldn't like it at the time. So, I was just so disappointed, guys. Remember when I talked earlier about those CDs that you get from um, BMG for oh, 99 no. cents? Oh, that's when that 112 is sitting over there for a penny. And that, <laughs> I'm a huge 112 fan, as y'all know. I love the first three albums. I love the new EP. Go check out the new EP yep. if you haven't. That's yep. one of my favorites this year. But this wet t-shirt contest album, <laughs> player, no. Now, it's got some good songs on it. I like Right Here With You, I think it's called. There are a couple joints on it. But when I heard the singles, and I was like, I don't like this na-na-na song. And then there was something else. I'm like, I don't like this joint. So, by far, it was a misstep for my boys. But of the albums that you mentioned, Kyle, though my favorite by far is Jagged Edge. Yes. Hard. Yes. I love Hard. I think it is a very underrated release. Agreed. I love that album, too. I was excited for that one, and I was not disappointed at all. Not at all. Just like a child that was lost at seven. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great lyric. Um, I've gotten a correction here. B2K actually came out in 2002. I believe the deluxe version of that came out in 2003. Someone might want to check with me on that one, but that was actually wow. B2K's final album. Haven't seen them since, uh, but Bump, Bump, Bump was a huge song. Girlfriend, all these R. Kelly records, I tell you. I'm telling you, he yeah, was dominating I'm, this year. And then I, I'll go check, but I could have sworn that was 03. I know that because of 106 in part, we tend to like think that B2K had this gigantic 10-year career play. They were around for literally like a year and a half. Yep. Before they went on and did other things. And yeah, yeah. So it may have been late 02. And like you said, the other one went into 03 to kind of like the bonus edition. But they weren't around long. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Hold and on. Then, I saw a comment here from Immortal Reven. Smoking Black Dragon. I don't know where that fits into this podcast, but I would love to talk about that right now. But we're not going to go there. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> Next um, week. 702, their third album. Uh, I know I've made a couple of errors with my dates on this live 
maybe or maybe not. But someone actually tried to correct me on this one and say that it was uh, released in 2002. I went on Wikipedia. I went on Amazon. I went on Discog. It all said 2003. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm it's 2003. I, I'm taking that one to the grave with me. But this album, uh, I know a lot of people on social media. This is actually a Twitter thriller. But a lot of people on social media love this album, and they really big up it. But to me, I mean, it, it doesn't come close to the debut. I think their second album is very solid as well. This one actually, although I don't love it as much as the other two, we got to talk about that Neptune's record. I still hold love on, you. hold on, hold on. We're not disrespecting Smoke and Black Dragon guys. We understand they have a new record coming out, and we're going to support it on the site. But this isn't the the proper format to discuss that. So we're talking you know, just chill. R&B Immortal there. Reven. This is 2003 R&B. Just if you got something to add about that, chime in. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but that 702 Neptune's record. I still love you guys. Can we yes. talk about that? Cowbells. I remember reading. I read an article years ago. I'm sure this may have changed now. But there was an interview. This is when I was working at the newspaper. So it was may have been around 03, maybe 05, a little later. But there was an interview with the um, Associated Press with Pharrell, and they asked him what was his favorite beat that he ever created, mm-hmm. and he named that beat because it is that great. Like wow. he didn't say grinding, he didn't say anything else. He said that was his favorite. Yeah. I'm sure that may have changed by now, but I love that song. I agree with you, Kyle. The album's okay. It might be my least favorite of their albums, yeah. but it was definitely 2003, and it was one of those ones that kind of came and went. We know that there were issues going on there, yeah. and it didn't get the push it deserved. But, and I love—I don't know why we didn't get that push. The star single, I thought it was this guy. Yes. Kind of, eh. Yeah. No, I, I liked it. Eh. It was fun. Better than I still eh. love you. It no, was nowhere no, near. No, no, I still no. love you. Yeah. No. No. Good song though. But I love Seven O Two. Album was okay. Yep. Shout out to our girl Mila. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple more albums that came out. We're almost running out of time, so I'm going to blaze through these ones here. Black Street, Calvin Richardson, Gerald Lavert, the Isley Brothers, Macy Gray, uh, Ed Bull, Ed's Girl, Blue Cantrell, Dante <laughs> oh boy. Moore, and Aretha Franklin. Uh, but I think it's time we talk about some of these rookies, guys. These yes. These debut albums that came out in 2003. I'm going to name them. You guys just tell me what stands out. What's the first thing to come to mind for these guys right here? We've got oh boy. Kim. Rapid fire. We've got Kim. Beyonce. We've got Solange. Marcus Houston. Latif. Ruben Stutter. J- JS. Javier. Frankie J. Lumidi. And Amanda <laughs> Perez. Uh, Ed, do you want to talk about Kim? Okay, I'm, I guess I'll be the only one qualified to talk about Kim. Oh, Listen, come on. I, I know Kim is an acquired taste. I like Kim. I still haven't listened to his new album. I need to listen to his new album. But um, Kim is great to me because he has cultivated a fan base that he will stick with him no matter yep. what. I don't care what he puts out. He didn't even have to promote it. Like It just appears and his people rush to it. So good for him for touring, for cultivating that fan base. And it started right here. When you think of Kim, you think of Love Calls. So you think of this era of Kim. And let me just say about Kim, I mean, check out our last interview we did with him because this album was his debut, but he was selling this thing out of his car Mm -hmm. in Detroit, and then he got signed to release it, you know, on the mainstream level. But, man, he put in work. I mean, Kim, and now look where he's at now, one of the premier adult R&B artists. I got to give this guy props, always. He, his, his albums always do well. He knows how to connect to his fans. 
gets them to buy his product. So you gotta love Kemp for that. Um, Tom, you probably weren't listening to Beyonce in 2003 because you always like to go against the grain. But were you listening to Solange? I listened to the album, yes, because that was cr- I liked, Crush was on there. Because Crush was, I was a Neptune stan. For those that don't know me, it made me listen to the album. Um, yeah. You know, I wasn't loving the whole album. There was a few songs that stood out to me. Static wrote a song on here, right, Kyle? Yeah, called Get Together. Get Together. That was a good song, but it was not a bad album. just wasn't really for me. But Marcus Houston's debut. Wow. Man, I was excited for this one. Now, I heard Clubbin', and that was another Pied Piper special, right? (laughs) Oh, boy, was it. (laughs) But I just really felt like Marcus Houston with this one stepped out from IMX. We had been waiting for this moment because he had so much success with the group. He was a lead and then didn't disappoint. I mean, I like clubbing a lot. And then there were some other songs that weren't even singles that I liked a lot. Um, Can I Call You was one. Mm, uh, I think yep. Cancel was one. There's a few on here. But uh, I've been a Marcus Houston fan since I heard this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get into one here, and then, Ed, I'll throw it back to you for a couple of other ones. But Latif and Javier, those two debut albums, they're super slept on. I don't know if anyone, aside from us three, have heard those projects. But oh. I would recommend, honestly, that everyone go and listen to it. Uh, Latif had Ryan Leslie at an early age producing a lot of his stuff. And that Javier album, The Underdogs, were all over that one. Um, a couple more debut acts here Ed. i'm going to give you a couple of names here i want your immediate reaction to these two songs okay sorry 2004 by ruben stuttered oh man hmm. i got in so much trouble i've talked about this on an earlier edition at my former job when i said sorry 2004 is better than beyonce sorry i almost hmm. got beaten what? by three female <laughs> co-workers that day <laughs> Oh, boy. And then uh, maybe, Tom, you can answer this one, too. The Lumity record. Uh-oh. Never now, that me. record was on fire here in that New York. That was huge. Huge here in New York. Yep. It drew, it drew me in. Remember, this was 2003. You couldn't just stream albums or preview them. You bought the album based on one single. So I got, the, I got a hold of the album. I'm not saying if I bought it or not, but I was able to get my hands on the album. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, did, it didn't quite meet my expectations as far as what i was expecting and uh, you don't say <laughs> but that one let record was you, huge player let me tell you about luma d if that woman came out in 2020 i would have to be fielding so many tweets about how she is the greatest vocalist in the history of r&b and how she is changing the game of oh. her mumbling and sad so she was a pioneer between luma d and cassie they really missed the boat. If they came out 10 years <laughs> later, they would be running R&B right now. Well, that's the thing I remember the most about, especially like, uh-oh, the song. She wasn't even singing on key at the no, time. So like you said, no! she was ahead of her time, guys. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect. I love the song she has with Tony Sunshine, my guy, later on, a few years later. But, mm-hmm. oof, yeah. Well, <laughs> it kind of proves to you that you can get a hit without following the criteria or the blueprint as long as it's a dope catchy record and that one is i don't think any of us can deny that that beat is infectious yo kyle yo kyle i just see this comment from our boy theo sullivan brandon she would have been summer walker she would have been i'm not going there i'm not going there calm down (laughs) she would have been i'm for real oh man 
Um, all right, let's uh, let's get back on track here, guys. Uh, I guess we forgot to mention uh, Beyonce. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, now we're, now we're going to get canceled because we didn't mention Beyonce. Uh, so okay. I'll I'll step out and take the bullet on this one. I'll let y'all get in. I want Kyle's opinion on this one, actually. This to me is the most overrated Beyonce album. Oh. Mm. No. And I will explain why. It's got it's not a bad album. I did not say the album's trash. It's not. It's not even her worst album, I don't think. But when you go back and listen to it as a complete project, what songs do you gravitate to? The singles. That songs that are not singles are such a step below. It's just kind of like skip, skip, skip. So other than signs, and there might be like one, I think the Virgo song was alright. There are a couple, but like hip hop star, it's like some of Beyonce's weakest stuff are mm-hmm. the album cuts here, and even some of the singles I was never in love with. So even though it was her big breakout by far, I don't really love it as a package. And she would go on to make much better records, starting with 2006. Don't love this one, y'all. What so. were the singles, Kyle? Uh, Crazy in Love, Baby Boy with Sean Paul, uh, Me myself, Paul. And, Me myself and I, which. I will argue was a Sean, uh, not a Shanti, Beyonce's best, uh, mm. best single to this day. Someone fight me on that. And, oh, they gonna fight you on that. Uh, was Work It Out on that album? No, I don't. That was on the no. Oscar. It was on the soundtrack. Okay. That was, uh, was Dangerously in Love a single? No. I thought that was a good song. No. But the, no, and the Destiny's the... Child version is better too, of that song. I, I did like no the Destiny's Child version though. Yeah. Okay. Um, this album to me. It's funny. Uh, I actually came across an article not too long ago. A writer wrote about Beyonce's debut album. Solid debut, but it's Noah Shanti. <laughs> I kid you not, this is an actual article. No, that... <laughs> no I believe it. This is an actual article it. that came out in 2003. Huh. But I in don't... 2003, I believe Yeah, I, I don't love this debut. Um, it's funny because as she started to become a superstar and, a, and an icon, that album is looked at as like way better than it was. I mm. think it was right. a solid debut, but I think she had better albums to come after. But, I mean, we love Beyonce. Yeah. It, exactly. I feel like it's one that retroactively we have elevated. And again, we like hype up the singles, but as an overall project, eh. Let's just say, though, for 2003 standards, it was still a pretty good effort. I mean, yeah. you know, if, if it came out today, it would probably be the best thing we heard in a decade. Let's Let's keep it real. That's... That's how. Yeah. That's how it. Ha- oh that, come on, Ed. That's how it is. Guys. I, I'm not feeling this one, y'all. Y'all can't convince <laughs> me on this one. This is the end of me. All right. Well, um, did you guys think Beyonce would be as big as she is today? With that debut, I don't think. I don't think anybody on the planet expected her to be as ridiculously insane no, cult status that it she was, is today. It was lined up because to me, the singles from this album were huge, were humongous. Yeah. I mean. And it was almost like there was, even if you didn't love the whole album, you can't deny the impact those singles had. Yeah. I mean, Crazy in Love, Baby Boy, Naughty Girl. Oh, yeah, I mean, Naughty Girl. Me, yep. myself, and I, they were all huge. Yep. I mean, oh, so. Yeah, no question. Yep. I mean, so, I mean and, that elevated her at the in that moment, even not saying and, the album was a, was a classic, but, you know. Yeah. Were singles driven. Big singles. Just oh. look back at to Destiny's Child. I mean, since from jump, she was groomed to be like the superstar. Yeah. I mentioned earlier a couple episodes ago how I was watching Smart Guy on Disney Plus, and there was like a whole episode about Destiny's Child there. 
and it revolved around her. She was the main character, even though Latoya was by far the best actress. But it was all about her. So, yes, she was propped up. And from that debut, she was always going to be a high level player. But I don't think anybody predicted there would be college courses and <laughs> fake religions based oh, on boy. this woman. Like, that's a whole different other level right there. That's true. Uh, so it's safe to say the rookie of the year is Beyonce? That would have been my pick even in 2003. I mean, all right, we'll get, we'll, get, we'll get to it. Are we going there now? or? Yeah, well, Ed says Beyonce. I'll probably, I'm just taking a look at the list. I mean, some people might have had better albums. Like, I really like Marcus Houston's album, but... It's hard to hard to argue against Beyonce here. No, see, I don't consider Marcus Houston or Beyonce rookies. They both came from groups. True. I'm going with Duele, yeah, guys. Duele's mm. subject album, and he never gets the credit he deserves at all. He does Once not. I heard he "Hold not. On" with Eric Roberson, I was a fan from day one, and look, he's gone on to do you know much bigger things from this album. But definitely an artist that doesn't get enough recognition. No question. True. If we aren't counting Beyonce, and I understand why you would say that, I would either say Dwelle or I would say Ruben. People forget. I like that mm-hmm. Ruben album, and you forget yep. how big he was coming off of American Idol. He seemed like next up. So you could go either way. And he also lives in Alabama. so ah. He does. <laughs> I Although I wasn't living there then, but yes, he does. Right. Ed has been so biased this whole episode. is crazy. <laughs> His wife is talking about his home G state. unit every two weeks or two seconds. <laughs> All right, settle down. Uh, we only have like nine minutes left, so we got to power through this, guys. If we get disconnected, uh, we'll, we'll restart this live and uh, hopefully you guys join us. But uh, most slept on album this year. What was an album that you feel like people need to go back and re listen to because it's slept on? Tom? I got four, and I'll run through them four. quickly. I got four that. We haven't even mentioned Joe's and then album, yep. which I feel like never gets really talked about in his discography. Um, more and More was a huge song for him, and there's some definitely some gems on this one. Yep. TQ's Gemini album, and I don't even know if you know that one. Mm. Oh, there I was know some TQ. Ge- there were some gems on that one. Chico DeBarge, his free album, came out in 2003. I love that album, guys. I don't know if you, neither of you have heard that one. Mm. or anyone I have not heard that one. Check that one out. And then finally, Glenn Lewis, I was telling you guys about him before, mm. his Back For More album was supposed to come out. It shelved, but it, it leaked. So check that one out, too. Um, definitely some, some jams on there. I like that one, too. So those are my four real quick. Oh, well, Tom, in that case, then, we got to also mention Kylie Dean. Her album was supposed to come out in 2003 That's a good well. one. Simple that's Girl, a good one, too. So, uh, There's some good songs on there. Yeah, that's a sleeper. Oh, I love me. that album. What about you, Ed? What's your sleeper? By far, my sleeper is Kelly Price's Priceless. We haven't even mentioned it yet. I love Mm. this album. It is the album to me. Y'all know how much I love her debut. It's the album that comes the closest to matching the quality of her debut. So, gotta go with her. And I gotta shout out my girl Lil Mo. We haven't mentioned her for real yet, but that album is extremely slept on. And it's not even on streaming. I I wanted to listen to it the other day at work, and it's not on streaming. You You can't listen to Forever? Shout out to the to song to Forever. Guys, I walked into the wedding to Forever with my wife. Remember that, Kyle? Yeah, I did. Yep. Yep. That, yep. Was, that was a great time. No, Little Mo <laughs> is, 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 my, uh, is my underrated, most slept on yep. one as well. Um, the next one we have is uh, the album that you were most anticipating before its release in 2003. Ooh. Ugh. 
I think for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Jagged Edge at the time. Oh, well, one twelve, obviously, and Jagged Edge neck and neck. And like I told you my story on both of those earlier. So, <laughs> Ed, well, I hate to admit it, it was that freaking chapter two. Wow. Because I was, like I said, I was a big Ashanti fan. I loved the single. I loved um, Rock With You. So I was like, oh, this is going to be her best one yet. No. But mm-hmm. I also give a shout out to um, Priceless Kelly Price because that album was de- delayed. There was a whole lot of weirdness going on. Mm-hmm. It was her first album since like maybe 99, 2000. So we had gone a few years and it lived up to the hype. So those were my two. My Tar Heels fan, you didn't even mention uh, the song So Lost Without You from the Lil Mo album. That one is fire, too. Yes. Yes. Yep. Uh, my most anticipated was uh, Genuine because I loved mm. Differences and I felt yep. like he had some big hits because that was around the same time I Need a Girl Part 2 came out, too. So I felt like it was all lining up for him to be the huge star. Yeah. Um, didn't quite work out with the senior, but we still love Genuine. Uh, I guess now it's time to rank our favorite three albums of this year. You know how it is, guys. We we both start with three, then two, then one. Uh, take a quick look at the list here, and Tom, I'll start with you. Number three. Number three, I'm going with Avant's Private Room, and this is from Tom as an R&B fan at the time, and what I prefer the most. So I really like the album, guys. Ed, go revisit that one in Avant's discography. It's it's really, you know, one of my favorites from him. Avant has an underrated discography, too. If we look back and, you know, comparing to his peers, he's still relevant now and still doing it. So that's a quality album. Ed? Tom, I will take you up on your challenge. I'm, I'm currently working on an LL ranking, which is going to be pretty massive because mm. LL has a bunch. But Avant will be next. You heard it here first. My number three is my man, Anthony Hamilton. Love this album. I think it's everything R&B should be. If you want a a successful, powerful R&B album today that's a classic for real, if you want to know the tools to make a classic, you study that album because it has the tools to make songs that really are meaningful and that stick with the listener. Got to go with my man. Number three for me will have to be the Willy Wonka album, The Chocolate Factory. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but that was a good album, and I will give, I will give credit when it's due. So, Kels, you're number three. All right. Number two? My number two, I'm going to piggyback off Ed and go with Anthony Hamilton, come on from where I'm from. I just, first of all, love the story of how he even got to that point. Like you mentioned, Kyle, his debut was probably five, six years earlier in the 90s, and he got dropped a few times and came back. Charlene, I was, I didn't even have a Charlene in my life, but I was feeling that pain regardless. You know, the song coming from where I'm from, I loved. And the whole album is definitely, I don't know if it's a classic, but it's one of my favorites, you know, from that era. So, got to go with Anthony Hamilton's coming from where I'm from. Ed? Number two, I got to be like you. Got to be like you, Kyle. I got to go to Willy Wonka. The man who shall not be... Well, who cares? We named them all podcasts. <laughs> yeah. oh. R. Kelly, Chocolate Factory. I think... I know a lot of people mentioned TP2. TP2 is my favorite R. Kelly album. I feel like Chocolate Factory is his best work. Mm. Again, we're just talking about the quality of the album, not whether he did who, what, or whatever. We're talking quality. We're talking historical impact. That's my number two. My number two... This might actually surprise you guys. I'm going with Khalees, Tasty. Really? Like Tom said, very great body of work. The Neptune's records are great. 
and then even the stuff aside from that. So Khaleesi is my number two. All right. Uh, real quick, I'm going to go with my number one, guys. Loon. He came out with his no. debut album that year. <laughs> we're going to get cut off Instagram because we're hitting an hour. I'm going to cut him off and, and you're gonna say immediately Loon. for this uh, No, no, no. Real quick, my, run, my runners up are Javier, Jagged Edge, Ashanti, Marcus Houston, and Monica. Those were outside my top three. My number one, Music Soul Child. I still come back to this album. You know, I'm a Music Soul Child fan, you guys know, but I love this album. It's second best for me. Mm. Um, I think it's gonna cut off soon. It's keep uh, going. Are we are we going? All right. So Ed. We, Ed, we'll go until we get the boot. So my number one should not be a surprise. Shaquille knows he mad. He <laughs> right. Number one, Alicia Keys' Diary, best album of the decade. Wow. Uh, my number one will be Monica after the storm. Mm. Good oh, okay. I love that album. Um, when I look back, I want to say it's her best, but then you have her debut, which was pretty freaking amazing too. Pretty but, close. Pretty close. Uh, I'm going to go with Monica there and, uh, Monica it is. So guys, we're about to get cut off. So I don't know what happens from here on out, but Ed, you have like 20 seconds. What's going on with soinstereo.com? Roll to soulandstereo.com right now. See our review of Trey Song's new album, Back Home. If you like Ready, if you like Passion, Pain, and Pleasure, if you like that classic sound of Trey, this is the album for you. So go check that out. Mm. And I'll, I'll just say real quick, thank you everyone who's been tuning in every week, everyone who's with us live here. We really appreciate you. We enjoy talking with you guys. You know, we see you guys every week. We appreciate it. Everyone who's listening to the audio later on, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, we enjoy doing this. We're going to keep it going, guys. Soulandstereo.com. You know I got soul.com. And uh, free baby blue. I saw that hashtag going around. (laughs) Jeez. Ed? Um, Delete that hashtag. All right. Uh, We'll be back next week to talk about 2002. That will be very exciting, as you guys. One of my favorites. Mine, too. Wait a second. Tar Heels fan. Clint Lewis is not a knockoff of Maxwell. What? What? Oh, wow. <laughs> what? All right, we're going to end this off. Tom, you can you can fight him later on. We're out of here, Tar guys. Heels fan, we're coming for you, boy. <laughs> Player, it's cool. We out. All right, All you right. guys, take care. Be safe, Peace. and we'll talk 2002 next week. Peace.